Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we have recommendations of spooky books for the season. Will she kiss him or will she eat him? You'll have to tune in to find out. Plus, Nerdette listeners chime in with some fall reading recommendations. But first, now is our chance to sit back and unwind from the week that was with two excellent humans. With us this week, we have the host of the Axios Today podcast, Nyla Boodoo. Nyla, hello. Hello. Also here we have Shannon Kaysen. He hosts the Homemade Stories podcast. Shannon, hello. Hey, glad to be here. Okay, I think we should start by talking about the rom-com Bros. It's the Billy Eichner movie. It came out in theaters last week. It is the first gay rom-com from a major movie studio. It didn't do super well in the box office, which could be for a number of reasons, including obviously the fact that there is still a pandemic happening. Has either of you seen it yet? Shannon, Nyla, did you watch it? I haven't. Shannon, mm-hmm. no. I did I didn't see it. I uh I mean, we've been going back to movies, but let's be real, we haven't been. You know, you get what yeah. I'm saying? We've been going, totally. but we haven't been. I I always look at it, uh HBO Max to see if it's there first and I'd be like, right. dang, I really gotta go to the movies to see this. So I saw Woman King. So it was between oh, a few sure. different ones. Yeah. And I saw wom- the Woman King and I I, I missed the bros one. I feel like we're all making those calculations, right? Like, it's like, is this a movie worth seeing in a movie theater? (laughs) And I'm sorry, I feel like a rom-com doesn't cut it. I know. Like, I feel like, I'm like, I can see that at home. Top Gun, I need to see in a movie theater. Top Gun, you got to, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I want to... If it's big and loud, like I would, you know, or if it's, you know, something like Nope, where like, I want to know what happens before everyone tells me what happens, you know? I also found the marketing for this movie to be really interesting. Like, check this out. This is a clip from Billy on the Street, which is Billy Eichner's, you know, thing where he like accosts New Yorkers on the street with a microphone. And this is something I saw on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Yes, are you straight? Yes. Yes, we're rounding up straight people to go see my movie, bros. It's a gay rom-com. Come with me. Okay. Come with me. I can't. I have to be somewhere. Where do you where do you have to be? Uh, a work meeting. Oh, come on. No, 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 no. I've been working for 20 years for this. I need a straight person to go see bros. It is kind of interesting to think about it just in that context of, you know, like things that are made for people who maybe don't have the same exact cultural context that we do. But like that doesn't mean it can't be good and that we should be showing up for those too. is, I think, a valid argument, you know. Right. It's the same thing people have said about things about people of color right, for the right. longest time. Well, and I think the other version of that is, like, I saw a piece from the L.A. Times with the headline, it's okay to let gay art fail. Like, even if it doesn't succeed, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean, like, oh, well, we tried the gay rom-com. I guess we should do straights again, you <laughs> know? we never do it again. It's right. never be happy. Yeah, yeah. That I was the rom-com said. for all, representing <laughs> all gay people in all the yep, world and of we're all done of now. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see that, because that's how, that's how it was with, like, I say black rom-coms, different yeah. rom-coms. Yeah. Comes that I I'll be like, 
you almost wish it to do well, you know, because you know if it doesn't do well, right. it might not be another movie for the next five years or something like that. I mean, I saw Crazy Rich Asians three times in the movie theater precisely for that reason. <laughs> oh my God, to make it that's happen. Amazing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like I'm supporting. Yeah. So I get that. That was also a good one to see in the theater. I will say it just seems like not a great time of year for the movies. Mm. October? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. No, that's fair. I feel like... It's like night. Either it's terrible weather, or it's like really nice weather, and you want to enjoy fall, and you're outside. Yeah. Are you going to the movies? No. Just saying. No. Are you? Are y'all both rom com? Because I, I, I'm probably not the rom com market. I'm gonna be real with you. That's <laughs> not like the number love, one Sharon? on my list. <laughs> I like the com, the rom part. You know. I like the rom. Yeah. yeah. A good J Lo rom com. Absolutely. Yes. I can't remember the last rom com I went to see in a theater. Correct. But I like a rom-com. Yeah, it can be a good time. I want it like a tight 90 minutes, though. I don't want to spend, but that's just... You don't want a three-hour rom-com? <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I had my ta- Titanic rom-com. time in my life. I guess that doesn't count as a rom-com, though, huh? That's a rom-bummer. <laughs> you know, they, they include a lot of things in rom-com now. I, when I think of rom-com, yes. I think of comedy. I think of the comedy right. part of it. And, and this sounds like it's probably pretty funny. The bros got pretty funny looking people, you know, funny people in it. <laughs> funny looking people. But the thing is, it's just, did I say funny looking? You did. <laughs> funny looking or funny? Got, funny people. That's the thing about rom-coms to me, too. If they have funny comedians or funny right. actors who I've seen them funny before. Yeah, yeah. I would look for real comedians to be in it, for them to really put real situations in it. So I like the realistic movies and where they bring in a little authenticity. Yeah, see, I just go for the sheer entertainment value where I'm just like, let's just, this is all escapist anyway. There's nothing about reality. Like, I feel like date night. Yes, that was Something that goes off the rails. That was fun. I loved that one. Or two weeks notice, which is just like, I feel like the gold standard with Sandra Bullock Mm -hmm. and Hugh Grant. Oh my gosh. And I feel like completely also unrealistic. Like how many of us have our bajillionaire boss that we're the lawyer for that we fall in love with? I have not been in that situation and don't think I ever will be. I think I can say that. That's why I love, I feel like a completely unrealistic rom-com makes it even better. So we also got news this week that McDonald's is going to make Happy Meals for Adults. They're like out now. They're called the Cactus Plant Flea Market Box, which is like a partnership with some fashion brand. Um, You can get either a Big Mac or a 10-piece nuggets in there. It comes in the cardboard box. You get the little cheap toy. Uh, Shannon, is this going to solve your adult ennui? They going for a real specific market with that because because mm. the cactus plant whatever you I just know. said <laughs> I don't think I just know. the average American person in small town America is thinking about the cactus plant. The fact that they didn't call it an adult Happy Meal. I will just go on record as saying I have been ordering Happy Meals all of my adult life. (laughs) And they're very used to it. I order very few Happy Meals now because I stopped eating burgers. Mm. But I feel like they think it's very normal for adults to order a Happy Meal. I've done that my whole life. That's so funny. And what is in a kid Happy Meal? It's like a quarter pounder and small fry or something, right? And a little drink? Well, yeah, it would just get, it's a good, it's a good portion size. Like you just get a <laughs> burger, you get the small fries, yeah. you know, sometimes you give the apple slices. Apple slices. Oh, that's a new mm-hmm. thing from when or I was yo- a kid. Or yogurt, yogurt. Oh, right. Wow. You get the yogurt. 
Um, and I just feel like I always just say, happy meal, no toy. And they're like, okay. Oh, and they know right away yeah. you're ordering it for yourself. That's adorable. It's totally fine. Does it make you happy? Like, do, do you yes. feel like a nostalgia yes. when you go in and, and get yes. one of those? I'm very sad. So I'm one of those people who stopped eating red meat and I really miss it. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it makes me sad that I don't have happy meals anymore because they would make me happy oh wow it's that simple that's amazing yeah because it's like there's something about the nostalgia that's just you know that like you have to say something for mcdonald's every single mcdonald's no matter where you are it all tastes exactly the Mm, same it's true but then in other like weird sort of nostalgia news well at least food marketing news m&m announced they have a new color it's not actually going to be in the candy which is weird but it's like a a spokes candy or whatever, um, which I don't know. Is this what the world needs? Like a purple M&M? Is that it, Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Nyla, have you been following the purple M&M news? I saw a tweet someone had about the purple M&M killing a blue M&M. Oh. And so that's how I knew the purple M&M existed because it was holding a blue M&M in its hand and it felt very violent. Oh, wow. Um, I will say I have always my whole life identified with the light brown M&M Mm. because that was my skin shade and I loved it that something was like my color and I would always be like I'm the shade of the light brown M&M. So you actually have an emotional connection to the colors of the M&M. I do. I have an emotional connection to the light brown M&M because I was like it sees me. I think it's part of a bigger strategy. I mean, I'm just looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, we, we're used to them in movie theaters. We're used to seeing the Eminem characters That's in true. the commercials, movie theaters. Um, I think they're going to bring out an uh, Eminem movie, and they can't just work with the colors that they have. They mm. need more colors. Yeah. So they're going to bring a uh, – it's going to be need a – They more characters. Yeah, they, they, they <laughs> got to have more characters, Man, you know. So weird. I think we're going to have a whole Eminem universe. We may have some – some um some crime movies like you were saying with the blue and purple <laughs> M&M. I think rom-com M&Ms movies oh could God. could definitely hit. That's hilarious. I mean, is that art imitating life? Is that life imitating art or should we not be using the word art at all in the context of this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Nyla, Shannon, thank you both so much for doing this. Y'all are the best. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you. I'm going to go eat some M&Ms. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to go get a happy (laughs) meal. After the break, we are going to give you a giant leaf pile of book recommendations that you just get to jump right into. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. 
It is the month of October. The weather is officially crisp. We can finally eat soup again, and things are looking pretty spooky out there. So it feels like a great time to talk to one of our absolute favorite readers, the Liberty Hardy. She hosts Book Riot's All the Books podcast. She also writes the What's My Page Again newsletter, and she has some very thrilling books for you to add to your reading list this fall. Liberty, hey! Hello! Thank you for having me back. I'm very excited. I'm very caffeinated. And those two things are going to go great together. (laughs) That reminds me of last time we had you on and you texted me and you were like, I just want to warn you, I was up really late last night. So I'm going to be super low energy. And you still like you brought it. So caffeinated Liberty. I'm like, okay, let's go. I probably should have caffeinated more just to prepare for this. (laughs) Talking about books is my superpower. Okay, so you brought five books to the table today. Several of them are already out, which is extra exciting. Should we start with Mother Thing? Yes. It's by Ainsley Hogarth. It is so disturbing, and I loved it so much. (laughs) Yeah, I have some very seasonally appropriate books this time. It's about a couple named Abby and Ralph. They've been married for a year. Uh, They move in with Ralph's mother while she's going through a tough time. Abby has had a very traumatic childhood, Uh, She grew up without a father. Her mother was abusive, not around a lot. And she's Mm. kind of been searching for that nurturing figure in her life, like her her whole life. But turns out Ralph's mother, who has been emotionally manipulative to Ralph most of his life, is just cruel to Abby. And it's not going how she wanted. And when his mother dies, Abby hopes that things will change. But Ralph seems unable to move forward. Uh, She wants to move out of the house, and he doesn't think that he can, but it's like a constant reminder of his mother and what happened there, none of which is good, and Abby is still seeking to find that stable mother figure. So Abby comes up with a plan to fix things, but nothing is going to go the way that she wants. So I knew there was like a 50-50 chance that I would love this because it's compared to Mona Awad, who I love, and Otessa Moshvig, who I Mm. do do not and so it's i loved it and i but i just want to say i don't say this to diminish the book in any way but to help readers this has about every big content warning that a book needs so proceed gently or even skip it if you have to it's okay you know but me i am obsessed with this book (laughs) so would you fit it more in the like weird novel category or thriller category or is it kind of all of the above well it's all of the above um okay it's it's scary it's super gross it's really upsetting (laughs) but it's also a story about this this woman who who had a horrible childhood and just wants love you know um Hmm. it's very weird like you're never going to see what's ha- going to happen. Like, it's it's just impossible to guess. Okay, so as we said, that one's already out. And then you have two selections that also just came out this last week. Um, I'm going to add another one, too. But first, tell us about Jackal. So Jackal is a debut horror thriller by Aaron mm. E. Adams. It's set in the Rust Belt of Pennsylvania about a woman named Liz Rocher. Liz did not enjoy her time in her hometown of Johnstown, Pennsylvania. She was one of only a few black people. It was a very unhappy, very tense, and sometimes aggressive time to grow up there, and she was very happy to leave. Also, when she was in high school, something happened one night at a party. Another class, a classmate, another young black girl went missing in the woods, 
and the person responsible was never caught. And Liz is kind of like forgotten wow. about this after all these huh. years. And okay. now many years later, her best friend is getting married and she convinces Liz to return to Johnstown. Now, as you know, in horror, nothing good ever happens when the main character reluctantly returns Goes home. Goes back home. Yeah. Especially after something super creepy happened yeah. that they kind of forgot about. So... Liz goes, they have the wedding, it's fabulous. After the wedding at the reception, her best friend's daughter disappears into the woods. And nobody knows where she is. So Liz remembers what happened to her classmate. She's trying to figure out what's going on. She begins searching. She discovers this pattern of missing young black girls in the area going back decades. That have either been ignored by the police or dismissed by the police as not being related So she teams up with a former classmate who now works at the police department and presses him for info, even though it could cost him his job because she's just so desperate to find who is responsible Mm -hmm. for the missing girls. It's a very scary book, both from a realistic perspective about race and the police and everything going on in this country, and from a horror perspective, too. It's excellent, excellent. Wow, that sounds extremely spooky. Yes. So a book that's also very intense that is also Gorgeous, which I know you've read too, is Celeste Ng's third book. It's called Our Missing Hearts. It's our October book club pick for this month. It is so good. Do you think it's the best of her three so far? I absolutely do. It it was the book that she felt she needed to write, and it reads like it's a book that she felt she needed to write. It's Mm. incredible. It will destroy you. That is a beautiful way of putting it. It will destroy you, but maybe in kind of a important way. way i don't know <laughs> important way i think there's also some like actually uplifting messaging to it too though too you know oh yeah. i would yeah. i can't i would love to discuss that one in a more spoilery fashion with you at some point <laughs> but in any case let's talk about such sharp teeth all right so such sharp teeth is by rachel harrison this is another nothing good happens when you reluctantly return home horror novel Rachel Harrison is the author of The Return, which is this really awesome horror novel set in the scary woods of Maine, where I live. We just call them the woods. But you, but like <laughs> if you ever go into them, you know why so many horror books are set in Maine. Uh, and more, and most more recently, she wrote Cackle about which is this one, werewolf novel. If you couldn't guess from the the title, so it's about Rory Morris, mm. who really doesn't want to return to her hometown. Like lots of bad stuff, lots of bad memories. But her twin sister Scarlett calls her and tells her that she is pregnant and she has no support from the father and she needs help and she needs Rory. So Rory agrees to go back home. Shortly after she arrives, she's out driving one night and she hits a large animal. And when she gets out to see what she hit, it bites her and runs off. No. And that's when things get weird. So now <laughs> it's the story about this woman who's going through a transition while trying to navigate her relationship with her sister, who is also going through a transition of a different kind as, as she becomes more and more pregnant. Uh, and mm. Rory is also possibly rekindling a romance with an old flame. But will she kiss him or will she eat him? You'll oh have to tune God. in to find out. <laughs> it's a great time. It's it's very realistic. Like, as far as werewolves go. Because I like that she gets bit. And then as soon as she starts to feel weird, she's like, am I turning into a werewolf? Like, yeah, most werewolf right. stuff is like, Oh, I must be having like, you know, a fever and I don't know why I'm growing fur on my hands, even though I have this large bite, you know, from this weird animal. Oh my God, that's perfect. So this next title is amazing. Legends and Lattes, a novel of high fantasy and low stakes. Yes, this is by Travis Baldry and it comes out on November 8th. And if you need 
an adorable feel-good book. If you're looking for something just that just feels like a nice, relaxing, warm bath, this oh, is that book yes. for you. This actually came out last year with a very teeny publisher, and it was a huge, huge hit on TikTok. And now it's getting released with a major publisher. It's about Viv, an orc barbarian who is a legend <laughs> in the realm. She is a legendary fighter. And she has decided, after her last battle, that she's going to retire and pursue her dream. Now, what might an orc barbarian dream of doing? Something, obviously, that takes nerves of steel, like coaching MMA or teaching junior high students. Nope. Viv wants to it's gonna open... It's going to be a coffee shop, huh? A coffee house. <laughs> yeah. But oh my God. even though you're an orc, you need employees and investors and... Viv will have to navigate the world of self-employment and management and finding people to work oh for her. God. And uh, while convincing the townspeople that a coffee house is a really good idea, this is something that they want, and also holding the town's seedy underbelly at bay. It's a cozy, <laughs> cozy fantasy novel of found family and following your dreams. When I tell you that this is a freaking delight, it is not just my opinion. This book yeah. has over 16,000 ratings on Goodreads oh already. God. And a wow. four- 4.44 average rating. That is almost unheard of for a book with this many eyes on it. Wow. So everybody loves this book. Huh. That's so... I mean, it sounds extremely charming. And it's like so a little cute. ridiculous in the best possible way. Yes. You know? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, not a lot of orcs around here where I am, but... <laughs> So I love this next title a lot. It's We Deserve Monuments. Yes, it's by Jess Hammonds. Comes out on November 29th. Uh, I had a friend who basically held her breath until I agreed to read it next after I read Mother (laughs) Thing because she loves this book so much. And she was not wrong. So I'm happy to report she's breathing again. This is a fantastic YA novel of racism, family, and queer love in the South. It's about Mm. Avery Anderson. She's 17, and she is so mad when her senior year of high school in D.C. is disrupted when her mother tells her that they are moving to a small town in Georgia. Avery's mom is going there to care for her terminally ill mother, who Avery calls Grandma Letty. Now, Avery's mom and Grandma Letty have a very fraught relationship. There is a lot of hurt and trauma and secrets there that Avery Mm. doesn't know about. Avery, while there, makes two friends, Simone and also Jade, Jade, whose mother was murdered a while back and whose murder has never been solved. Avery Mm -hmm. decides she's going to start looking around. Maybe she might find out something, you know, from an outside perspective of what happened to Jade's mother. And also she's curious about what's been going on in this town and what, you know, happened years ago between Avery's mom and her mother. Uh, And she starts poking around where she shouldn't and uncovers the town's not-so-secret history of racism all while her relationship with Simone moves from friendship to romance. Wow. Yeah. It's a very sweet, moving book. It's a powerful story of young love, of intergenerational trauma, of racism, and of forgiveness. It really captures those complicated relationships that we have with family, you know, where sometimes the relationship between the parent and their their parents and the grandchildren are completely different. It's excellent. Right. That sounds really good. And just like a lot is going. I love a sophisticated YA, you know, like that sounds excellent. So before we let you go, are there any other like, I don't know, what's your wild card pick? My wild card. Maybe already came out this summer that you didn't get a chance to rave about when we had you on or. Oh, my goodness. I didn't study for this test. I know. I'm I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. (laughs) Oh, oh, okay. So the book that I was so excited to come out this year that I read last year and is out now is called 
Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. Oh, yes. This book is so much fun. If you need, like, another palate cleanser and you don't mind a little murdery palate cleanser, uh, <laughs> this is about four female assassins who are retiring uh, at the age of 60. They are part of a very, very secret group. Like, think of a secret group, and it's even more secret than that. Uh, but... <laughs> On their retirement cruise, someone tries to murder them, and they realize that they are being retired in a totally different kind of way, and now they have to find out who wants them dead. It's so much fun. And, and like, age-appropriate, you know, scenes where, like, this woman is having hot flashes, but she'll still also choke you out with a necklace, you know? Like, it's just, (laughs) it's fantastic. Liberty, thank you so much for coming on. You're the best. Thank you. That, amazing humans listening to this episode, is the delightful Liberty Hardy. We have listed all of the books that she mentioned on the story page for this episode. You can go to wbez.org slash nerdette to find it. Also, I'm going to read them for you really quickly right now. Liberty Likes, Mother Thing by Ainsley Hogarth. Jackal by Aaron E. Adams. Such Sharp Teeth by Rachel Harrison. Legends and Lattes, a novel of high fantasy and low stakes by Travis Baldry. And We Deserve Monuments by Jas Hammonds. As if that weren't enough books, here's a bunch more. Hey, Nerdette. My name is Margaret, and I recently read The Heart's Invisible Furies by John Boyne. This book was about a man who was born in Ireland in the 40s to a woman who was unmarried, and she really had no option at that time but to give him up for adoption. His adoptive parents weren't necessarily cruel to him, but they weren't necessarily kind. So he had to navigate those relationships, um, as well as being gay in an environment that really didn't accept him. And there was a lot of dry humor in this book, which I really liked and appreciated, given that there was just a lot of tragedy and sadness throughout. It was definitely a book that I'd love to unpack with friends, and I'd absolutely recommend it. Hi, Internet. This is Annie. Golden Enclaves is the third book of the Skullamant series by Naomi Novik. This just came out in September, um, and I recommend this one because it's just it's a fun world that uh, the author has built. It's really fun to think about how the school functions, how the magic functions, and it's one of the rare books that both I and one of my good friends and my tween really like, and we all read the book at the same time and could talk about it. Hi, this is Nerdette's producer, Anna. I am also here to recommend a spooky book, but this one is not new. In fact, it is very old. Carmilla by J. Sheridan Le Fanu is a gothic horror novella about lesbian vampires, and it came out 26 years before Dracula. But don't worry, even given its age, it is super readable and is only about 100 pages. It's eerie, it's magnetic, it's perfect to get you into the Halloween spirit. Hi, Nerdette. It's Brendan, your executive producer. And I want to recommend Riverman, an American Odyssey by Ben McGrath. This is a nonfiction book. It's an adventure book. It's a mystery. And it's ultimately a story about relationships and family. It is the tale of Dick Conant, who is this guy who spent decades canoeing the rivers of America by himself. And over the course of these thousands of miles, he became a folk hero. And then one day, his canoe and his belongings are found, but he is missing. There's no body, and no one knows where he's gone. So Ben McGrath, the author, goes looking for what happened to Dick. And along the way, Ben learns more about the life of him. 
uh, and that he was a friend and a hero to some, and meanwhile he was a troubled and complicated figure to others, and it's a great read. Hi, Nerdette. I'd like to recommend the essay collection Tomboyland by Melissa Falaveno. Her essays are funny, smart, thought-provoking, and beautiful. They explore gender, class, identity, and the physical and emotional landscape of the Midwest. I think that essay collections are perfect for this busy time of year when you don't quite have the bandwidth to get into a novel, but you'd still like to immerse yourself briefly in a new world. Happy fall, happy reading, much love. Many thanks to Annie and Margaret and Camille for calling in with your book recommendations. I would like to add that I am very excited about Small Game by Blair Braverman. It comes out November 1st, and it is about an outdoor survival reality TV show that goes extremely awry. And also the new Kevin Wilson novel, Now Is Not the Time to Panic. That's out November 8th, and I know literally nothing about it except that it's written by Kevin Wilson, and I'm just that excited anyway. And of course, don't forget about Nerdette Book Club. Our book pick this month is Celeste Ng's Our Missing Hearts. All right, that's it for today. We will be back next week. And in the meantime, let's hang out in our little Facebook group. I would love to hear what else y'all are excited to read this fall. You can join the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash HQ. Our newsletter is built by Maggie Civet. You can sign up for it at wbez.org slash AF. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman. And our executive producer is Brendan Banaszak. Have a great weekend. This is one thing I do. I'll hold my M&M in my mouth until I take away the color. So the M&M. Um, oh, interesting. The, the color does come off of M&M if you, if you hold it in your mouth long enough. That's some before, long Before commentary. it turns into just chocolate. So it's a patience it thing. Melts. It's more of like a uh, huh. delayed gratification, which I It practice. sounds like you're doing a mindful eating I know, exercise. There's a, I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot to unpack with that, Shannon. Yeah, it's people know that people people who get it get it. They know they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, somebody out there know what I'm talking about. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.